in a world where options are limitless, but time is not. Two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen. I don't see how the human race survived the medieval period. And Adam Cravens. A lot of them didn't. This is Binge or Cringe. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Henson Oakley Podcast Center and Rock 93.7. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I am Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, for my homework, uh, no cringing. Yours? Uh, no, I really haven't. I mean, no. even even the movies like that I've seen, like that, and this is traditionally not a wealth. Like, haven't been that bad. Like, I haven't seen a whole lot of bad TV show, film, like mm-hmm. anything. Like, really been a pretty solid like couple of weeks. And normally, you don't think of January and February as like this wealth of entertainment. Usually, it's just kind of like. Well, Super Bowl and January. Uh, By the way, you can't say Super Bowl. It has to be referred to as the big game. Oh, I can't? No, you can in general conversation. I don't remember why. I'm just telling you that. That's. Just so you know. Why don't I know that fact? <laughs> because. I guess because I only ever talk about it. I don't even talk about it in general conversation. I know. It's well, probably the first time I've mentioned the Super Bowl in eight again, years. Again, you have to call it. I mean, the, the large big, game. The big game. Which will have probably already happened by the, will, which will have happened by the time you hear this. So again, I guess it's not that bad, but it's the big game. <laughs> the large, all right, fair enough. I want to, I could look it up, but I Somebody, Somebody has the probably rights to owns it. it. And, yeah, I'm sure. You know, it's like singing happy birthday. You couldn't do that. Or speak Which it dramatically. I don't. Like, I don't even do that when people sing happy birthday to other people. I just uh, kind of stand there. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. I don't know why. And now, from now on, I'm going to tell them I'm worried about copyright infringement. <laughs> They're like, what? And I'll be like, yeah. I think Disney owns it now, and I don't, I don't want them on that. Well, I have two exciting ones. I'm going to start with one, then we're going to go to Adam's. Now, just so you know, Sometimes you say, oh, it's only Netflix. We do try to mix it up. I do anyway. I know Adam does too. And the reason why it's generally Netflix is because of the amount of content that they put. Like they are either getting back libraries to things. They're producing things first run themselves. Like they're getting, what is it? The, uh, the, it wasn't Jungle Book, the Mowgli. They got that exclusively. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, the reason why it gets covered so much is because they put so much out there. Like, okay, CBS All Access. Name me the shows that you're watching off CBS All Access right now. Other than Discovery? That's what I'm saying. I or, mean, well, I would also be watching um, Sherlock if it has come back around. But it's also not exclusive. I'm sorry, elementary. It's not exclusively elementary. on there. Like, it also yeah. airs on C. That's that's my point. Like, Netflix has a lot of things that yeah. you can only get from Netflix. Okay. So, here is the deal. And I, I, I do work with a lot of women in one of my jobs. And so, I often hear what they're into. And this is the first one they're talking about. And it is called you, and it's called Adam. No, you, and that's what uh, I said. Yeah. So I, I, I read a headline, so I already know. I can already assume how it's going to end, but that is irrelevant. It is 
The star is Penn Dayton Badgley. If if he weren't Is that a law firm? <sighs> Can they represent me if I've been in a car accident? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apparently he was in Gossip Girl. Sure. All right. That's that's I can't verify that. No, I'm just telling you. And he he's a nice looking guy that I I want to say and you'll get this when you see him later on tonight. He he kind of reminds me of Psycho. What's his name? That guy. Anthony Perkins? Yes. Okay. A young Anthony Perkins. I, in wanted, that, I wanted to say Vince Vaughn no. just to make you angry. No. But I didn't. <laughs> um he's I mean, he's he's not dazzlingly handsome, but he's nice looking. Young Anthony Perkins, he's nice fetching. looking. Yeah. Uh so here's the thing. This is a creepy yet sometimes amusing, highly disturbing TV show. It's really sound. You, I sounded like you were about to break into song. <laughs> it's a highly amusing. I'm creepy. So this reminds me a lot of the first year of Dexter when Dexter was a little funnier than he was like the last two years of Dexter. Seems that shows a lot of times will take like odd like turns like mm-hmm. at some point and like the first season of anything is almost never a good indicator of what it's going to be in like season seven or season 10 or season 15 looks like a young matt leblanc okay i can see that like i mean but i get the answer yeah. he's, he's like a slim matt leblanc like circa like first season of friends okay yeah uh and anyway here's the deal this is how it starts out. You know, boy meets girl. I've heard about that. Uh, it's, he is narrating. And he narrates through the whole thing. And this is based on a book. So, I don't know if season two is also based on the book, but this is based on some book that I never read. Well, a lot of times. And now I don't have to. When stuff is even, like, I mean, comic book properties, like, <clears throat> anything. Like, usually they will kind of take, like, the premise from that and in most of those cases, I think it's because they don't want to get sued by the whoever the owner of that IP is. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, OK, well, we want we want that sentence premise off of it, but we don't want anything else from it. I, that it may be. be what they're kind of going for there. So. All I knew because I'd seen the trailer, I knew something was disturbing was about the story because of the way the trailer is presented. But in the beginning, you just have a guy who is, I guess, the manager of a really cool bookstore. And it does exist. This what, one does. What year is this set in? <laughs> it's a really cool bookstore. And he's he does stuff in his head that we all do. As people come in, he says in his head what they are. Well, you're a, a privileged this and that, or you're um, you're not actually gonna buy a book. You're gonna buy uh you're really in here to buy the trashy novel, but you're going to buy some some Proust just to make it look like you're not really buying the trashy novel, you know. So he has or this, just the trashy novel. Yes. Yeah, so he has a running dialogue, which is dead on and very amusing. And so this girl comes in and he has all these assumptions about her and she uh, she's clever and he finds that this is different you know she seems different than what he had expected just from looking at her and she she didn't out and out ask for his number but she made it clear that she found him interesting and so naturally the next step he did was to research her you know he looked at her facebook 
And then he drew some conclusions from there. And then it starts. He is in love with her. They haven't actually gone out. They've just met and introduced themselves. But within the first episode, he has a whole relationship with her and she is the one for him. However, people keep showing up in her life that in his mind are distractions from their relationship, which they don't have yet. Be- okay. So, for instance... She- I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued. This... Honestly, the premise that you're telling me really lends itself well to a book like you can do an internal monologue and a character mm-hmm. all, all you want. But like dialogue is kind of the, the bread and butter of any television show or movie. You can internalize all you want. You can make it all like narration in a book. For, like this really sounds like a premise that lends itself really well. Like I'd be interested to see what the the book that it's based yeah. on reads like. First of all. Kristen would really like it because he kind of, sort of turns into uh, Killy McKill a lot. Um, she does. She she does like she watching does like serial those. kill. Like yeah, she we, sent we me talk, a message today. So, we talked. We kill, talked kill. about root, root. we yeah. talk, the Ted Bundy we talked about the yeah. other day. You watch it? Like I I mentioned it to her. I was like Jane said we should and like it in seconds. It's been. It was probably on before I walked in the room. Actually, he kind of reminds me of Ted Bundy. Not um, not crazy, overtly, I'll never be that good-looking, handsome, but reasonably, he's better looking than Bundy, but, you know, uh, a pleasant-looking man, and that's what he's, he's an everyday Joe. He's Joe Goldberg. Do you know what conversation I didn't think we'd be having in the year 2019? Yeah, that one. Ted Bundy, yeah, that, yep. Ooh. That's strange. Uh, And I would like to pop in on uh, the girl, one of the girls, or maybe both of them, who survived Bundy attacks. People are saying, oh, it's gross, internet memes, people saying Bundy's hot and all this. And the girl said, but you don't get it. He was that charming in person. So for Zac Efron to roll that way and for people to do this, he had that power over people. But this is not about Ted Bundy. This is about the TV show You. So, for instance, she's got your very classic... He's not really her boyfriend, but he's her once in a while, and he's got the... The hat that he wears all the time and the ironic beard and he's doing artisanal soda as his career and so on and so forth. That can be a career. Apparently. And so it's all that is happening. But Joe Goldberg sees that this guy's distracting her from falling in love with him, Joe. So naturally, he lures him into the basement of the bookshop and locks him up where all the rare books are kept and keeps him there for I don't know how long. That You just, you know, because why wouldn't you? You always want to have an extra exit strategy, like anything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, You want to make sure that, you know, like you've got that, that cushion or you understand, all right, if I've got to get out of this quickly, I don't, I can't see locking somebody in a room ever having a really solid, let's call it legal exit strategy. Well, he would have let him out, you know, if the guy hadn't remembered his name. Anyway, I digress. Here's the, not the problem, but 
Clearly, Joe Goldberg is a sicko. I mean, just a sicko. And but, at, at first, it's it, they're painting him as kind of this funny, quirky. Oh, well, you know, you know something's wrong with him. But you don't suspect this, though, or do you? Oh, I would totally expect in my I haven't seen the whole thing. I am just going on the assumption that he killed his last girlfriend. I'm just assuming that, but I don't actually know. It's like some people have a thing for like blondes or brunettes uh-huh. and he likes to. Kill. I'm also assuming that he killed the bookstore owner. And that this was not initially yes. his bookstore. Because the bookstore owner in flashbacks is seen slapping him around and all that stuff. So I am assuming this. Again, I don't actually know. But on the other side, you have his really good qualities, his genuine goodness and his neighbor. As long as you can overlook the. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He has a neighbor, a a single mom, and she's got a jerk boyfriend who beats her up. And they've got a kid who's like 12. They don't. She has a son who's like 12 years old and he's always outside Joe's apartment. And so Joe brings him books and they talk about books and nothing creepy with the kid at all. He is genuinely friendly and good to the kid who has a miserable life. And so you see him just trying to help the kid. And it's like, yes, please get him away from that guy. Like, help the kid. So there are parts of his character which are well-meaning and good. And Joe does not see that he is clearly sick. But one of his new love's girlfriends does see it. She knows there's something not right. And he doesn't like her. And steals a bunch of her stuff, but it always shows back up. So it's a big problem between the girlfriend who knows there's something not right with this guy. I'm, and I'm going to put it out here. It's, it's intriguing. If, if you like to murder people, and yes. I'm not, I'm not saying you should. I, he, now, but I don't do. think he liked doing it. All right. Well, if you if you <laughs> murder people and you've done it more than once, um, it's a habit. I, I, I have said, you know, everybody's got to have a vice. This is not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about like maybe you like to eat cookies at three o'clock in the yeah. morning or occasionally like you imbibe in like a really, really like fattening hamburger or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, if you're going to murder, you probably shouldn't have sticky fingers as well. Like, yeah, you're you're going to already probably get some significant issues. What from the murder? Yeah. I'm just saying like not even pick one. Don't do either. But if you're already doing one, maybe keep your your felonies like mm-hmm. in the single digits. So what what is interesting about this, which was also interesting about the Ted Bundy thing is, you know, this guy isn't quite right. And I know of zero Ted Bundy doing nice things. I think he was nice to his mom. OK, Probably. I, I don't. I don't actually know, but she seemed to like him a lot until the end when she found out he was horrible. But uh, this guy, his inner dialogue as to how he justifies all these things is is well written and fascinating. And so it's very entertaining. It's And the the tagline really is, what will you do for love? So he will do anything to preserve his relationship with the girl of his dreams. Well, I mean, honestly, like if you think about it, like. Anybody's justification for what they're doing is probably largely like an internal mm-hmm. conversation. Like if you if you want to shoplift like they're there at some point before, like it actually happens, 
you've probably had that conversation yeah, like with the yourself. man's not going to notice. Or, or like, well, they're not going to catch me. Yeah. Or it's not that big of a deal. Like nobody gets like I'm saying like you're you're going to mm-hmm. have those kind of conversations, especially if you're doing something that, you know, can some way, you know, come back on you and have a negative impact. M- much like murder. Much like it. Yeah. So uh, it's it's riveting, really, because I all I know is there's a season two and the same actor is in it playing Joe Goldberg. And I read that headline. So clearly he's going to survive this. But does he kill off this girlfriend? Does he relocate and rename? I mean, I don't know because I haven't finished the whole thing. I can virtually guarantee you he kills again. I am going to I'm guess. Put the money right the now. Money right we've got two, three, at least two definite kills, and then the two others that I am kind assuming. And I, I foresee another one coming. I think he's going to go after the the creepy boyfriend guy in the apartment building. And who says the truth, by the way, he says, I'm a parole officer. I can see it in your eyes. You're a sicko. There's something wrong with you. And you're like, oh, you and you're like dude, you're right. You but don't want to tell that to people no. that will kill, though. Yes. Yes. Especially since you're hurting this mom and the kid. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'm putting that out there. I feel certain he will not survive. Especially saying things like that to yeah. I mean, as we're talking about the justification, I'm sure in the killer's mind, it's a lot easier to justify killing them after they've said some really snarky mm-hmm. like stuff. Whether or not it's in line, out of line, you, you don't want to set off like the, the axe wielding or however he chooses to. And, and I'd also like to throw out uh, when you kill someone, which, again, I am not condoning, maybe don't wear their very expensive and very obvious wristwatch because... It's, uh, that doesn't seem like a smart idea. Kind of like robbing a bank and then going out and buying a, you know, Ferrari. Mm-hmm. The next Superman three two very. But not a whole lot of great about that movie. Richard Pryor, as soon as he does the uh, the scam that he cooks up in that movie, like they're even talking about how, well, this guy's got to be brilliant. He's not going to leave any breadcrumbs for us to find. Like he is going to be like just quiet as speed. We're never in about the time that about that time, Richard Pryor pulls up in like it's a Ferrari or it's like it's a really expensive car that he could not have afforded at the salary he is making at this company. Um yeah, it's one of the best moments in a movie that does not have, let's say, really any good moments. <laughs> That's Our, for sure. Let's say there those those moments definitely in the single digits. Like I can probably count on one hand the good moments from that movie, but that's one of the the funnier parts of that movie. So I can say that you certainly is binge watchable because it's like, is he really going to? It's like no, he didn't, and it's like where's this. Where is this going to end up? Is she going to figure out uh, how what's the end game? What's the body count? What's his rationalization? It is. If you like that kind of thing, it's interesting. Well, will the cops figure it out? Because now there's one cop. It's like something's going. Hmm. Hmm. He's in that. Hmm. But he's not Columbo. But something's not adding up for him. Well, the it seems like there's two really kind of solid premises for shows out there and like some of them you want like back in the day you wanted it to be able to be syndicated you want to be able to show them out of order you didn't have to do any of that like frazier you don't have to watch the entire season mm-hmm. of frazier but you should 
to understand what's happening in that finale. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not raising a lot of questions. They're pretty self-contained. Right. 22 minute adventures, something like this or like a, a when Lost was still on the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You just you kept you keep people asking questions and you occasionally answer some of those questions, but you make sure to raise more questions. And that's how you get the person to show up the next week. Oh. They're like, I'm invested in this. I need to know. OK, what's what? Why are they doing that? What's that about? Are they going to kill that person? I forgot to mention two words that will make you want to see it. Jeff Goldblum. John Stamos. Okay, well, that's not the words I thought you were going to go with, but is he playing his character from no. Full House? No. Okay, I let me, let me, Fuller House. No. Okay, neither of those. All Actually, right. I don't think I was sitting and watching, but I saw this attractive man with a beard, and I didn't even recognize him. I went about, and then I sat down and said, wait a minute, that's at, John Stamos. At any point, does he ask what happened to predictability? The Milkman, the Paperboy, the Evening TV. No. However, why is Joe Goldberg seeing Dr. Nikki, not played by Adam Sandler? But why? That would have been interesting. (laughs) Why is he seeing him? Because he's seeking therapy about his relationship with a guy named Ronaldo, which is totally false. Because he believes that his girlfriend... You're spending too much time with John Stamos. <laughs> By the way, why wouldn't you? I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I'd spend time with John Stamos. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's aged in 40 years. I'm assuming he is either A, a vampire, B, um, bathes in blood, mm-hmm. um, or C, is Dorian Gray. Uh, yes. It's, like, he's a, like, I don't, I think I've aged more than he has. And I'm probably at least, I'm going to go ahead and say 20, 25 years younger than John Stamos. Yeah. Uh, It's intriguing. It really is. Because already it's like, oh, he's not going to kill John Stamos, is he? Don't kill John Stamos. I mean, he doesn't deserve it. He wasn't the guy with the artisanal sodas who was, let's say, incredibly irritating. Um, Not that he should have been hit in the head with a mallet. But anyway, that's a general rule of thumb. Don't don't kill John Stamos. Yes, please don't kill John Stamos. Maybe I'll binge watch the rest of it, rest of it tonight and find out. It. But uh, yes, John Stamos is in it. And I am quite sure you'll have seen it by the time we meet next because it's... it's or, or at it's, least just the scenes with John Stamos. Yes. I'm going to look it up on YouTube and I'll just be like, all scenes oh. containing John Stamos. Well, I, once I tell your lady friend, meaning your wife, okay. not the lady yeah. friend in the theater, uh, she's going to be all about this because it's serial killery and John Stamos. And and our, our daughter loves Full House. So, oh, make it so a family we can, event. We can... Um, mentally damage her by showing her this sure and she'll just be like uncle jesse and then the guy will be like Ugh, i'll be like oh this say. was i should have watched this before i let oh, the kids watch honey, what did I? uncle jesse got murdered it's, sorry it's all right i mean is he coming back no, no. Ooh, that's they beheaded him yeah wow. you don't come back from that no you don't uh anyway so you is very well done and if you like that type of suspense then uh, it's very well done. It it sounds like you're giving me a very like very poor English compliment. You was <laughs> you was very well done. <laughs> well, well, I thank you, Jane. I, well, I, I, I 
appreciate that. There are some people who just aren't into the Killy McKillalots. Um, but they would not enjoy this. But my spouse is. Yes, like, she does. She's yeah, totally she does like love it. it. Yeah. So, and it's already been renewed, and it just came out, I think, a week ago. So, boom. That's well. That that says they're they're getting some of them them yes, viewings. They sure are them subscriptions. So back to the old timey TV channels. Right, right. You have seen The Gifted. In its second season. Um, and my my concern about this show, and, and should probably be a concern to anybody of any kind of franchise that 20th Century Fox is responsible for, um, this is a, a Marvel property. It's called The Gifted. It's based in the X-Men universe. And what is probably going to be Disney a conversation. Five. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the the universe as we know it, and by universe as we know it, I mean the Marvel universe, the X-Men mm-hmm. universe, um, probably will not exist the way it has for the last 20 years. <sighs> 20th Century Fox purchased the rights to the X-Men back in the mid-90s. When And I know this concept sounds strange now. Marvel was going bankrupt. <sighs> they were selling off the film rights to virtually... Everything that they had. Sony famously had the ability uh, to get Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they had the ability to get the entirety of the Marvel Universe. But uh, after the executive who's been breaching this deal with Mar- Marvel comes back and says, they'll give us everything for X amount. And they're like, you idiot. No one cares anything about any of the stupid Marvel characters except for Spider-Man. Go back and just get the Spider-Man characters. Probably called him a lot of really derogatory. It's like the guy who didn't sign the Beatles. You know, it's like they're no good. Or the guy that's like George Lucas is like, if you will give me the sequel rights and the toy rights to Star Wars, I'll take a cut for my directing fee. And they're just like cha-ching, guys! (laughs) You won't believe how much money I just saved us for that dumb Star movie that's not Star Trek. (laughs) Yeah, you're listening to binge or cringe. We're talking about what's streaming on our TVs and probably yours in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens. So, The Gifted is this, are they in the, in the house with Wheelchair Guy? Uh, that's Professor Charles Xavier. Yes. No. The the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that's... Thank you for that. You need you need to write the the back of the the next Blu-ray <laughs> compilation set that comes to wheelchair guy in the house and his band of merry mutants again take on like <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and I would love to come up with one. I could, that, that sounds a bit more Deadpool. This this is this is more like original like Hugh Jackman kind oh. of Wolverine like than, say, Deadpool, like X-Men kind of universe. Uh, uh, okay. So th- these are, I'm going to assume, is this on the CW? No, it's on no, FX. No, C- CW is DC. This oh. is this is Fox. But I'm going to assume, much like the CW, this is going to be that age range of Yeah, characters. I think they're, they're trying to hit yeah. probably okay. the same demographic. So a um, lot of attractive superhero types. Like a Benetton ad. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very multiple ethnicities. Everyone Everything. is apparently on the low carb, low fat like diet. So like, they're not real people. No. Well, I mean, they're mutants, but I think the way you're meaning it. <laughs> no, everyone is attractive. Their skin yeah. is excellent. Like, wow. Like re- they even go like to the people that live in the sewers, the Morlocks, even the Morlocks. 
reasonably attractive people. Well, and these, and I don't mean this like saying it as a metaphor derogator, derogatorily. They literally live in the sewers, the Morlocks. Do they run into any Ninja Turtles in the sewers? No, that's a different kind of mutant. I see. These are, even though both are mutants and sewer dwelling, these, they, they do not, um, one of them does not lead. The other does not do machine. One is not okay. a party dude. One All does right. not have <laughs> attitude. <laughs> okay. So we are looking at the demo of, let's say, the youngsters yeah. who uh, who want to believe that everyone is going to grow up and be attractive and good. And in this case can sometimes like wield fire or magnetism. I have a Which child. is even, I mean, honestly, like I'd... I'd I'd take a couple pimples if it meant that I could control metal. Like, mm. She'd be like, I'll deal with that, boys. I'll just I'll put on a helmet, like really scary looking. And uh, I will then uh, destroy my enemies. Mm. They're like, that's why you don't have superpowers. And I'm like, point well made. Mm. One of my children tried to control fire in her hands. Was it fire starter or Fire guy, what's the name of a that's, superhero with fire? Um, Hot guy. You've got Firestar. You have Pyro. You have See? there's there's any number of people that can control fire. I did not give birth to one of them. No. Well, I don't think you or Jim carry the X gene. I see. I have, or I've never seen any. We carry the evidence, the S gene for speaking. sarcasm okay. for speaking <laughs> or for speaking um, assassin. The yes, I think you guys definitely have the S gene. If, the, if, if they if Fox ever buys the rights to S men, y'all are in y'all are like it. You created by like a, the property. Yes, you're in. So, um, and I'm just going to assume they all live together or near each other and interact and are, oh, there's love, this and that. And maybe will they, won't they? And there's a little bit of that. Um, they're, they're part of the mutant underground. Um, basically, it's the care, kind of the auxiliary characters that you can't turn into a $200 million movie. Oh, okay. Like the, the X-Men universe is populated with a multitude of. Of mutant characters. Like if you go over the history of the X-Men starting in 1960 up to now, there have literally been hundreds of different X-Men on the X teams. Mm -hmm. They're using like Hugh Jackman does not show up at any point. Patrick Stewart doesn't like roll up as Professor Xavier. Um, but are they in that house that I No, okay. but they they're in that. They they make passing references okay. to the X-Men, but the X-Men, they don't ever team up with the X-Men. It's a it's a story separate to it because Hugh Jackman is probably really expensive yeah. to get to show up, even for like an hour-long show. Um, but occasionally, like I said, they will reference uh, things that have happened in the X-Men movies, uh, things like that. Okay. The general thrust of this show, um, you have a dad who works for, um, he's a lawyer for like the, the Sentinels, which in this universe... Or this this part of uh of it basically they're kind of the the branch not military but almost they kind of keep an eye on mutant behaviors because mm -hmm. you've got you know when you have people that can level buildings um you know lift cars so they're much like the Doctor Strange keeping an eye on Loki in a lot Thor like Ragnarok, yes. which I watch weekly and the uh, the father um 
has a very poor view of mutants. Um, uh. He thinks they, they need to be jailed, like they need to be this. And in the first episode, it's revealed that his two children Our carry mutants, of course. the X gene, mm-hmm. um, which drastically changes the way that he looks at mutants. Um, eventually, like the company, or not, it's not the company, the service that he works for finds out about this and they have to go on the run. So he turns to the very people that he was chasing after um, in the very the, the mutant underground. Eventually, towards the end of the first season, the Hellfire Club, which is a huge villain or a, it's a kind of an entity. Think of it like what the Injustice Gang is to the Justice League. Mm-hmm. The Hellfire Club is revealed to be like kind of the big bad that they were all like heading to. A lot of fun, like honestly, Hellfire Club could probably be its own show. Like they feature a lot of powerful um, mutants with sinister motivations. Um, one of uh, the characters that does have a very significant, let's say, uh, parentage, Magneto's daughter mm. is in the show. Her name is Lorna, um, probably as powerful as her father which was played by uh, Ian McKellen or Michael Fassbender, depending on which X-Men series you want to talk about. Okay. Uh, Magneto is passingly mentioned um, quite a bit because of this fact, and she is having a child with another one of the characters. However, these two get separated as she begins agreeing with the Hellfire Club, and he Mm. wants to stay with the Mutant Underground. A very Romeo and Juliet, two houses of, you know, equal. Um, And that's, that's where you get a lot of the drama the fact that the this man that once hunted mutants, who is now helping the mutants that he once hunted, like they don't trust him because literally he jailed some of them. Um, it, it just, it's just a very interesting dynamic. And considering that they don't get to use any of the big toys, like, okay, the uh, the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, that's you exactly to, what I was thinking you of. Get to, you get to refer, oh, Thor and yeah. Iron Man. And so like, but Iron Man isn't on agents of field mm-hmm. Thor is it like maybe you have lady Sif show up on an, a, a, mm-hmm. on an episode of that you get Sam Jackson to show up for 20 minutes at mm-hmm. the end of an episode you get to play in that universe but you can't necessarily use those the big draws in this right the gifted is kind of that to the the X-Men universe on the 20th century Fox side of things however um, with the Disney merger with Fox I'm kind of curious to see if there's going to be a third season of it. Solid show, interesting show. I really enjoy the thing, but if the X-Men universe as we know it, at least the film side, is going to be erased, I, I'm reasonably certain. I would love to see Hugh Jackman show up in Avengers Endgame. As a matter of fact, you'll know how excited I am about it because you'll hear a scream like a little girl. <laughs> a really high pit just... You'll just be like, oh, is is there a 12-year-old girl lost? No, no it's me. Hugh Jackman just showed up and he's fighting beside Captain America and Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. And then I pass out. So I'll have to go back to the movie again. I understand. Okay, so The Gifted. Yeah. Watch it, but maybe not become too attached because it will probably be taken from your life. But it will live elsewhere and streamable forever. I, I know that a lot of like the the television stuff Disney isn't necessarily going to get or be in charge of um i i do like the simpsons is going to fall under their banner mm-hmm. family guy will also become a disney property which is weird which means they could do even more star wars stuff 
that legit now because yeah. they they'll be under the same. But Kevin Feige is more or less indicated that the the X-Men as we know them and like this deal is if it has not already happened by the time this podcast airs, like it's imminent, like Disney ha- will have the X-Men and eventually they're going to start developing the X-Men on their like kind of what they did with uh, Andrew Garfield. You mm-hmm. had the Sony set of Spider-Man movies. They they turned it over to Marvel, said, you guys get this so he can play in the Avengers universe. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man ceased to exist and we have the Tom Holland. Like, I think we won there. Like, mm-hmm. he's a good Spider-Man, but I've got a lot of attachment to this X-Men universe. Like, I was in high school whenever they started this this series of films. They're not all great. They're not all gems. X-Men 3, not a great movie. X-Men Origins Wolverine, not a great movie. Mm-hmm. The Wolverine, Logan, X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men uh, Days of Future Past, they're, they're fantastic. They're some of my favorite superhero movies. And the fact that I, I've already invested what amounts to about a season and a half of this Kinda, kinda having me concerned that, like, through no fault of this show's own, because it's getting decent enough ratings, it may just be a casualty. The same way that, like, Daredevil mm-hmm. and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage has Punisher been canceled? Not yet. yet. I don't. Hmm. I think. I think Netflix got tired of us all saying they're going to do it, and they're like, "Fine, we'll wait." Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Any, you're not stopping us. We're still going to cancel it. Anyway, uh, all right. So the gifted is on FX and Hulu. Fox. I'm sorry, Fox. Yeah. I don't know why I keep saying FX. Because Fox owns FX. Okay, that's probably yeah. why. Now, we are recording this show on Groundhog's Day. So first of all, thank you, Bill Murray. Second of all, I I, I found this fact out about we're we're talking about Marvel things. Doctor Strange's watch right before he wrecks in the movie. Mm-hmm says that it's February 2nd. Oh, later, really? Later on in the movie, he puts Dormammu in an endless time loop in order to defeat him, which is just like the movie... Groundhog Day. How fantastic is that bit right there? It is awesome. I was like, oh, that... Do- Doctor Strange, Groundhog Day, Dormammu, and it was February 2nd. Oh, that's... Oh, that's delicious. Now wait for this. First of all, how much do we love and appreciate the talents of Amy Poehler? Um, I'm going to say immensely. Yes. Amy Poehler and is... And Tina Fey have put their DNA together and created one super comic? I would be up for that. But no, Amy okay. Poehler and others... But Amy Poehler is one of the creators of a show that dropped today on Netflix... Important that it is Groundhog Day, and it's called Russian Doll. And it stars, did you ever watch Orange is the New Black? Uh, passingly. I didn't watch it. Okay. Like- so enough, uh, the, the curly-haired girl who smoked all the time was very funny and sarcastic and always had an issue with the preachy, preachy, churchy one. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Well, her, she's played by Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone is also one of the creators. Who also sounds like a spy. I know, doesn't she? Natasha Leone will kill you. These are less than a half an hour episodes. And honestly, when we are done, I will have to finish the entire season one. It just came out a few hours ago. Man, and it shows is, that are half an hour or less, like, yeah. was it a Santa Clarita diet? Yeah, like, we can knock this I out. digested that thing whole. Now, wait. Here's the story. 
she celebrates her 36th birthday over and over and over again because she keeps dying and coming back. And of course, much like in the movie Groundhog Day, some of it is hilarious because <laughs> she, there's a whole bit about how many times she dies breaking her neck going down the stairs. And so in one of the scenes, she's like, OK, everybody clear the stairs. I'm coming down. She like makes it half the way through. Somebody runs up, you know, crazy deaths, which are you know hilarious. And she herself, it's a very, very, very smart TV show. You know what show I would watch? What? Groundhog's Day, the series. Yeah, like, I, would do. I don't know how you it get Bill the, Murray to it'd do be that. the same episode showing every week. But I mean, somebody, I don't remember who originated this, but like they've been saying they need to announce that they are releasing a sequel to Groundhog's Day and then just re-release the first movie. I think that's brilliant. Like I was just like, because you know what, what? Like if I got to the theater and realized they were just showing me the first Groundhog's Day. I wouldn't be mad. No. It's like if you lured me into the theater and showed me the original Ghostbusters. I'm not going to get mad. Like, even if you were like, oh, we've got a special screening of Avengers Endgame. Come on. You're going to get to see it a month early. I'd be like, oh, yay. I'd get in there and they'd start it. And they'd, then I'd see Ivan Reitman like, like yeah, film. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm not. I wanted to see it. You know, I'm just going to say. So this. here's where this is going. She's in much like Groundhog Day. There are parts of her. It's like she tries to tell some people, you know, it just doesn't No, because it it, it, it's ludicrous. It's far fit. They're not going to believe you. Yes. And she always ends up dying anyway. And then she gets to the point where anything goes, you know, it's like, I'll see you last night on my birthday and anything goes. And she's just she's trying to figure it out. And I began to notice because I just couldn't look away. I began to notice after maybe four episodes Set dressings, all of a sudden, flowers are dead, fruit is rotting, but everything else stays the same. And so after a few episodes, again, she knows she's going to die because she dies every day. And she's in an elevator. And of course, she walks in, it loses power. Everyone's freaking out. You know, call 911. And she's like, she looks over and there's a guy standing next to her. She goes, dude, didn't you get the news? We're all going to die. He goes, I die every day. So then she. What's the name of this again? It is called Russian Doll. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Yes. I think I'm in. And so then she has to, because she's very smart and all of her friends are too, and funny and extremely sarcastic. I mean, oh, cutting as it were. And so she she figures out how to find him. And then they start they, they realize that this is they, they want to figure out what's going on. And he thinks that they're being punished for being bad people or something. So naturally, the next time she shows up, she's like at her birthday party again. And she goes, hey, have I done anything bad to any of you? I'd really like you to tell me that for my birthday. What are the bad? And of course, she hasn't really done anything. And so they go on talking about why this is happening. And then you see more things degrading. He was going to propose to someone. Uh, it's very convoluted. He ends up throwing away the ring the next day after he's died, of course, because he threw away the ring and put his hand down on the railing. And then there was a spark and he got electrocuted. It doesn't sound funny, but it really was. When he starts over the next day with memory of everything, the ring is gone. 
So apparently, because I left the room for a few episodes, apparently now people are starting to disappear. But no one has any memory of anything happening except these two characters. So I really don't know what the deal is, why they keep dying and repeating. They're obviously in a static warp bubble. Obviously. It's, I don't even, they didn't even have to be dying and repeating. It's just so funny to my it's personality. A gr- that's, a, that's a great premise right there. It's really funny to my personality, you know, because it's there's so many opportunities for comedy there. And especially when you have a character walking into a situation who knows everything that's about to happen, everything you're about to say, you got some comedy right there. I mean, and honestly, having the pedigree of having Amy Pohl, I don't know exactly the capacity she was, she was in developing this, but like, if you don't know, Amy Poehler is a funny, funny woman. Like, mm-hmm. I would say on on even keel with Tina Fey. Oh, for sure. Which is high praise. Yeah. And this is clever and different and interesting. And uh, this is going to hook you right in. Now, I find more joy watching this than watching you because there's that creepy thing with you. People like, with, to, people like to watch me. Yeah. yeah. But with this, it's like, what are they going to do next? How are they going to do that? Huh? Huh? What's going to stop it? And can it ever be stopped? So then that leads me to believe stepping outside of it. Is there going to be a season two? Is this just a one off of eight or ten episodes? And Or after you get past that, what's the new? Yes. What's the new the season? Yeah. But it's. Very, very well done. It's amusing. It is very adult. And I I may have to just rewatch it because Natasha Leone really portrays the the put upon New Yorker who has a lot of sass, is very, very smart, and she's just done. She's just done with everything, you know. She's she's over whatever you have to say. And she was like that before she started dying. So, you know. So the point, yeah. yeah. She's, it's inherently watchable for for at least Adam and myself. And I, I think for a lot of people. Because on the internet, this is, everyone's talking about it. And how brilliant to release this on Groundhog Day. Yes. The end. Which, funny enough, a holiday that really has nothing to do with time repeating itself. That, like, the film named after it has more or less made everyone associate that way. I mean, if you want anything about the lasting legacy of Groundhog Day, if you talk about that in any instance, it's the first thing that pops in my head. Mm-hmm. Ned! Anyway, <laughs> so much fun to be had there. So that's that's it. We've got um, you on Netflix, and we have The Gifted on Fox, and we have Russian Doll. So now... By the way, in the last episode that I paid attention to, she picks up a Russian doll from something. You know, I don't know what she was doing. But this is a, uh, so. assuming assuming that the title has is referring to something mm-hmm. of import. Yes, that should be key. Is it a world within a world? Is it, mm-hmm. what if we're living in a bubble on a bigger bubble? So uh, I can't wait to see how this resolves itself. So we need to wrap this puppy up so I can find out. Horton Horton will hear the who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Binge or Cringe, starring...
Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens is a Hinson Oakley Podcast Center production. Listen to new or past podcasts anytime at rock937online.com.